0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Oh, my life.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I'm
2: doing well. I mean, I don't know if we will get a good primetime game anytime soon. (laughs) That was... Not
1: enjoyable to watch. Because yeah, normally, if it's if it's a close game, generally speaking, it's a good game. But this season, close games have not meant good time, good games in prime time, especially with the Broncos. A couple of real duds that went into uh, like
3: cool. overtime. So yeah, yesterday was a Thursday night game in disguise. I know, right? It, just, it was so boring to watch. Oh, what a
2: disaster. It really felt like it was going to be a tie. I, I don't know if you guys felt that way, but I really was like,
1: All right, oh yeah, is- definitely. If, if he didn't fumble the punt, one hundred percent. If that punt does not get muffed, that is definitely a tie game, and what a disaster that and, would have been.
3: And crazy statistic, did you see that from Adam Schefter, which I sent to you guys? Fifty-seven passes, no touchdowns, oh, yeah. first in like NFL history. That's
2: incredible. Yeah,
3: we're. Gonna, mean, that's crazy, yeah. dude. That's and Herbert hasn't. I don't know if it's the line or like he just hasn't looked himself. I know the Broncos supposedly have a good defense, but the past couple weeks he just hasn't looked himself.
2: And yeah. you guys saw the prop bet by by FanDuel that no. was rigged. rigged. Yeah, so rigged. it was uh, Herbert to have one passing touchdown or more was minus 800 before the game. And then right before the game started, they boosted it to plus 100, so even odds. Yeah. And so everybody, now they, they put a cap on how much you can bet on a bet like that, but it's sure. like, oh, of course I'm going to bet on Herbert right? to at least have a touchdown. 100.
1: Like if you told me, you know, listen, he's going to pass 57 times, Like, yeah. one's going to be a touchdown. And that's what, you know, that's
2: what draws uh, conspiracy theories to our yeah. about Vegas and their influence in these games. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, it's crazy. we're never going to probably know. Maybe, no, maybe well, we will. We're never going to. Because
1: with those prop bets, I mean, it's not a win or a loss. It's a it's a touchdown. It's a, yeah. it's, you know, it's little things like that. All right. Let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no clickbait, no pop ups, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Hit it, buckets.
2: Alright guys, the Chargers beat the Broncos as we mentioned 19-16 to 16 yesterday but it wasn't an easy task. The Chargers offense looked lost at times and it's hard to say if the defense actually stepped up or if the Broncos just aren't very good. What are your guys' thoughts on this game overall?
1: The state of Los Angeles football with the National Football League is not as bad as we thought it was. I mean, there was a couple of weeks ago when everyone's hurt on the Chargers and everyone's hurt on the Rams. And we think that both of their seasons are done. And they still could be. We'll see. Both of them are tied for the division lead right now. The Rams are 3-3. Three and three. They're tied for the, the, the division lead with San Francisco. The Chargers are 4-2, tied for the division lead with the Chiefs. you know, the big thing about the Chargers is that is a team that knew where they were a couple of weeks ago. Like, even their fan base was counting them out, talking about next season, talking about Sean Payton. For them, and again, I don't think the Broncos... Will be a good team as, as as this season plays out, and by by Russell Wilson, his second half stats. I, I someone tweeted this out, guys, and I don't know if you could bring this up, but it was like one of, let's just say, you know, like one for. 15 for, I mean, it was just a terrible game, terrible second half. I don't know what happened to him. And by the way, we talk about contracts in the National Football League being not guaranteed and whatever. The first $165 million of his contract, that is 100% guaranteed. So if you're a Broncos fan, you got to ride. Let's ride <laughs> with that guy and that contract. But again, good win for the Chargers. You just have to find a way to win. First place, tied for first place in the division. And if you're a Chargers fan, you just got to hope that Brandon San Francisco 49ers find a way to beat the uh, Chiefs.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. I know we'll get into that, um, and that's that's a hot take I have. Actually, I do think not only do the Niners beat the Chiefs this weekend, I do think they'll win all three of that tough stretch between against the. They Chiefs, They just play against good against Rams. good teams. They do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, everyone, which is great in the postseason, I, right? Which yeah, is great in the postseason. they're going to play well
3: in the postseason. Like yeah. I expect them at this. The, from what I've seen, they're injury-ridden. Like everyone's counting them out, and that's when they do well. Like it's so funny. Everyone picked them against the Falcons, and I remember. Did you guys get my text at eight forty four a.m. (laughs) I said they're all hurt this isn't going to be an easy game and they lost because Bosa didn't play none of their defense played and we'll get to the Niners but I do think they'll win all three of those games Chiefs, Rams and Chargers you know three weeks in a row I think they have a buy in between between the Rams and the the Chargers but I do think they win all three of those games they kind of need to win the Chiefs game because they lost against the Falcons and it's like when you look at the schedule when I was saying preseason win 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 I didn't know they'd lose to all the bad teams and beat all the good teams it's pretty funny but uh, going back to the chargers you know i do think that a win is a win but man brandon staley I, there's one thing promising i did see about his play calling yesterday he ran the ball more than i thought he, but yeah but unfortunately it was against one of the best run defenses in football so obviously i didn't get much going um you know, people are going to say, well, Herbert threw the ball 57 times. Well, that's because the Chargers had the ball most of the game. So they did run the ball a f- fair amount more than I thought they would. Eckler obviously got the run, touchdown, rushing touchdown. I- I've been pretty. Look, I've seen Herbert, maybe his injury is still bothering him, but he looked great the week after the injury, or the two weeks after the injury, not against the Jags, rather. And then the last two weeks, he just hasn't looked himself. I don't know if that's the offensive line with Rashawn yeah. Slater out. Obviously, they have the most, one of the most holding calls, some of the most holding calls in the NFL. But he just hasn't looked great. Maybe it's Keenan Allen not being there. I know he has a lack of weapons when Keenan's not there. I don't know. It kind of concerns me if I'm a Chargers fan.
2: Yeah, I, I, I I think I'm done. I think I'm done. To be honest with you guys, after that Chargers, yeah, because what do they, what do they do well? Like, what is their calling card that you can say, oh, they have a high-powered passing offense. Oh, they run the ball really well. They play really good defense. And I understand they have
1: injuries. Yeah, but what is it? Like, what do they do really well? I think they're a good defense. Okay. And I think w- w- with Herbert, the ceiling is extremely high for what they could do offensively. No Keenan Allen. That's a huge. Okay, but okay. That's huge. That's, uh, huge. that's,
3: that's huge. Not a
2: little bit. But, but what, is, okay, what is Patrick Mahomes throwing to? Yes, he has Kelsey. I, I, right, I get right, it. right. I'm
3: going to refute this real quick. Yes, Herbert has not looked good the past couple weeks. But you know, that offensive line isn't giving Herbert much time. And when Allen comes back, he's basically the cup. The, you know, he's a discount cup. For herbert he's gonna get the ball to him in like three seconds on slants on like little passes so that's gonna help the offense a lot still they're not gonna win the super bowl yeah and that's the whole thing is you know obviously coming into the season the expectations
2: were so high i guess i'm just i i just think this is a mediocre football team no
1: and they're a little
3: better than mediocre
1: the, well, let me ask you this you are and maybe you've changed your mind you've said, I'm not out on the Rams. The Rams are still good. The Rams are 3-3. Three and three. The Chargers are 4-2. and two. What gives you confidence, and I don't know if you still have that confidence, that the Rams can maybe turn this season into something, whereas the Chargers cannot? The Rams have a proven track record. They literally have a Super Bowl, and I know I that know that's that. the pass. I, yes. But again,
2: you have the offensive line has changed six times already, yeah. and the biggest thing with that is just continuity. I really believe that if you give McVay continuity, he will make things work. Brandon Staley, I have no no faith in yep. at all to make anything work. Yeah, if, anything.
3: M- if McVay was the coach of the Broncos, they'd be 4-2. It's like, uh, just yeah. a simple simple. Like, they have a dominant defense. All the makings of a Super Bowl team, besides the quarterback, I guess, right now, but we don't really know if that's Russ or if that's actually Nathaniel Hackett, because he looked really good in those first 10 passes in yeah. the first quarter, and then all of a sudden, you know, and he, he actually did a good job getting away from the pocket. I was kind of impressed with Russ yesterday. I, he played better than I thought. What I will say is, at this point, records don't matter. When you say, like, a 4-2 Team versus a three and three team, it's like the Niners are three and three. They're they're a playoff team. The Rams are three and three. They're a playoff team, probably right. Like the Chiefs are four and two. They're the second best team in the NFL besides the Bills, right? Like it, it. the jets are four and two the giants are five and one that's that's not gonna last you know what i'm saying like the eagles are six and oh yeah they have a cupcake schedule of course they're six and oh are they good yes but at this point records don't matter like i said last year the niners were one quarter away from a super bowl and they were three and five last year to start the year yep and the rams were a wild card team No, they didn't even win their division you know what i'm saying so records don't matter until we get to like the last two games of the season, in my opinion. The
2: other thing I want to say about this game really quickly is that I saw a lot of pieces of content, be it on Twitter, on TikTok, whatever, about the Chargers home crowd, and how disappointing it was, and how empty the stadium was for a prime I don't know why it's game. surprising it to people.
1: like, empty. I mean, I mean... I saw
2: a lot of
3: Chargers fans, yeah, actually. Yeah, I mean,
1: but here's the thing. The Broncos take over opposing crowds. It happened in San Diego when the Chargers were in San Diego. It certainly happened here. It happened in Las Vegas. It looked pretty packed. I, I know it wasn't like totally, totally sold out. Generally speaking, a Monday night game <laughs> in Los Angeles. You know, depending on who's playing. But wait, what? What was the talk? Like, were, were they taking pictures of the crowd? Or yeah, like
2: basically, it was just videos of um, you know the landscape at the at the stadium, okay. and it was a lot of orange, obviously as sure. you mentioned. Well, but you could I'll, hear
3: it too, like yeah. the booze when when uh, you know. Nathaniel Hackadot questionable play calling like they were booing like yeah. I heard it was a lot of Broncos fans there I'll show you the video yeah.
2: after both of you but I think if you see it you're gonna be like oh that's a little worse than I thought but yeah. again I, I you've probably already seen some of the picks but
1: yeah listen I mean we keep hearing this with the Rams and with the charges and I keep telling people and with the Rams I think more so people are surprised that a team that has been to two Super Bowls that just won a Super Bowl is still having to deal with this but I, I will say it before and I'll say say it again. When you don't have a football team here for 21 years, you've lost a generation of fans. So that generation grew up with other fan bases. And not only that, it's a transient town. There's people from Los Angeles. There's people who live here from all over. And so, listen, I know a lot of fans who are, they love the Lakers, they love the Dodgers, and their football team
3: is... 49ers.
1: 49ers, Broncos, Packers, Cowboys. Cal- you know, they've just yeah. picked a team, and like they're not going to quit on that team after 20-plus years. Hopefully.
3: So. Loyal Fan. I know fans. a guy who was a diehard Seahawks fan. This guy's so mean to me. I always talk to me. <laughs> USC's terrible. Michigan. He went to Michigan. Michigan's a real football team. How do you live with yourself? SF hates LA, blah, blah, blah. That you're a Niners fan. I'm like, dude, I'm loyal to my team. Yeah. Uh, you're not. He was a diehard Seahawks fan. He became a Rams fan. That's just the worst in my opinion. N- but I-, I wanted to talk about the Lakers, bro.
2: Yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. The NBA season begins today. The Sixers are taking on the Celtics with a head coach. Then the the Warriors are facing the Lakers in San Francisco on their ring night. And guess what, guys? Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, they're all on the injury report, but are all listed as probable for tonight's game. What are your expectations for these games?
1: I'm very happy that they're going to play. I'm not happy that they're already on this list. I mean, could we have at least gone a week? Could we have at least gone a couple of games with them not being on that list? But listen, happy that the season's finally here. I'm tired of talking about the preseason. That being said and we talked about it on the show on monday preseason or not you can't lose to 40 but you can't lose by 47 points to the sacramento kings you can't go one and four in the preseason again they went winless in the preseason a year ago and i said who cares it's the preseason i think it does matter like i think it does matter how you go into the season they are going into the season at one and four following a 47 point blowout to the sacramento Kings, so i don't have a lot of confidence i do think that they clearly lose the first two games of the season because i think that they're going up against the top two teams in the west i like the warriors i like the clippers
3: uh tough times here for my los angeles lakers not happy about it yeah it look I woke up this morning, I'm like, oh my god, the Lakers play basketball, and I was not excited to be honest (laughs) with you, and when I saw the tweet that Russell Westbrook was going to play, it's like he wants this to be a dumpster fire, like he did everything he could to play this game, and look, I respect to Westbrook for putting his body in a position to sustain these injuries and to play. But I think, like, let's be honest, all Laker fans were pretty mad when we saw that Russell Westbrook would be playing tonight. Like we were kind of hoping he would take a couple games, you know, to recover and we would see how the team does without him. You know, to be perfectly yeah. honest, because I think that's what the finished product is going to be. I'll give Jovan Buha credit from The Athletic. Great writer. He wrote about, did you read that article about Anthony Davis with the fork in the road? So it's like a do or die season. He was talking about Anthony Davis. And Ham has stressed this, that Anthony Davis is going to have to be the key. If he plays 65 plus games, the Lakers are a playing team, at least. If he doesn't, they're an 11 seed. I think that's just where they're at right now. Their ceiling. I wrote about this in my power rankings. Their ceiling's the five seed. If they trade Westbrook, get something good in return, and Davis has an MVP type sa- season, but they have like the biggest discrepancy in their ceiling and floor. Oh, their sure. floor is like the 11 seed. You know, like, and I hate to say it, they they really need to see shooting. I want to see how Lonnie Walker does tonight. Remarkable turnaround from yeah. last week. You know, when he got hurt. He is really good. I'm really in on him. I really think he's going to have a good game. Austin Reeves, excited to see if Matt Ryan gets some minutes with the shooting. I think this game, people are going to clown the Lakers. It's going to be closer than people think because they they last year they made it close. It's Virtually a, a better team than last year. If you just look at the guys unsigned, right? So yeah. all you need is a Davis 30. 10 and a LeBron 30 and 10 and the game is tied going into the fourth quarter do I think they win no but I think this the the Vegas line of seven you know when Jake texted us and was like "Yo, that's free money for you know minus seven Warriors I don't know about that the Lakers might surprise some people tonight I think that uh, a lot of thoughts going through my head so first of all I do think that they
2: keep it relatively close and by close I mean Probably within 20 within, points. Within 30 <laughs> points. Um, but again, we talk about Vegas lines and, and how how sketchy they can be. Because Jake sent us send us that text early in the morning about the spread. And immediately, it's a sucker bet. You can see yeah. that it's a sucker bet. They want you to bet Golden State. And you have to ask yourself why. I want to get a score prediction from you before we continue, score though.
1: Score prediction? Wow, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I do think that the Lakers lose by more than 10. Okay. I, I don't think it's a close game. Well, I mean, let's just... Let's just say 110,
2: 100. I don't know. Okay, I I got the Warriors by 25 for the record, but...
1: That's a total blowout. Total blowout. I
3: mean, it might be a blowout. I'll I'll retract my statement. (laughs) It's not going to be close. Let's be real. I have this blind hope that Davis is going to be this MVP type guy. They can't shoot. The Warriors can. They can't guard Jordan Poole. They can't guard Steph Curry. I mean, unless Kendrick Nunn and Lonnie Walker have 25 points each, this game is going to be Warriors by 10 to 15. Most likely. Now, that's 99 times out of 100. There's that one time where, you know, the Warriors... It's ring night. They're a little caught off guard. The Lakers could get out early to a lead. They'll blow it. But, like, I'm just saying it could be close. But more times than not, this is going to be a 10 to 15 point win for the Warriors. Steve Kerr said that the
2: Warriors starters and regular players are not conditioned yet and are not ready to play full time minutes. So that could Either explain are the, the Lakers. spread. The other yeah. thing
1: is generally speaking on ring night, uh, teams don't do well. Like yeah. They're too pre-consumed with like the championship banner being in Ville. They get their rings and like they're not really focused on the game. So those two factors could make it a close game. I don't think it is a close game. I do think that the Lakers get blown up. When I say get blown out I think that they lose by 10 did you guys see what Patrick Beverly said this morning on his
2: podcast you didn't see it okay so basically he was talking about Russell Westbrook he said and I quote he's not gonna come off the bench come on we all know that why even say it
1: why say it the way he worded it, it, the way he worded that, it makes it seem like that's because Russ will refuse to come off the, the bench, which is, like, worse. Because, listen, it is so clear when you look at this team last season, it would behoove the team for him to come off the bench. I mean, maybe if he was the quarterback of the second unit and, you know, could—listen, how great would that story be? And I don't—probably is not a trophy he wants to win, but what if he was sixth man of the year? That would be really awesome. That would be a great story. But, I, I mean, he clearly does not want to do that. He does not want to be that kind of a player. But when you just look at what he did a year ago... He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit with those guys.
2: So, Brandon gave his floor of this team as an 11 seed. Let's get your floor real quick.
1: I think that's the floor. But here's why the ceiling is high with that team. We just really have to remember where they were exactly two years ago. Not only did they win a championship. Completely different team. But just look at the top two players. Sure. So, what I'm saying is forget about the cast of characters they had around them that, by the way, was literally piecemeal together last minute with a bunch of guys no one wanted. Uh, LeBron and I'm, I'm not worried, really worried about LeBron. If Anthony Davis played like he did in the bubble, which was a top five player, because he, he, he's saying during media day, you want me to be this great guy. No, no, no we, we want you to be the player you were two years ago. If you could be that player, the Lakers are a playoff team. Not just a play in team, they are a playoff
2: team. Well, I think this is a good time then to get into our awards ah. predictions. Let's do uh, so the NBA season obviously starts today. Who are your guys' pick for the MVP award, the rookie? of the year award, and let's do our finals predictions.
3: You want me to go let's first? Let's go, Brandon. Right, you go right. first. Luca's going to win the MVP. Um, Keegan Murray's going to win the Rookie of the Year. Um, Clippers are going to win the championship if healthy against the Milwaukee Bucks in seven games. Um, and what else? That was it, unless you have something else that you want to add in. Anthony Davis, Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. i like Giannis
1: Antetokounmpo to reclaim his throne as most valuable player. I like my main man, Paolo Banchero, to win Rookie of the Year. I like the Golden State Warriors to uh, have one last go at this with Draymond. I I think that they are still the team to beat. And and really, and I know the Clippers are the best team on paper, but uh, just having covered that team for years, something will um, happen with them. Yeah, I got Paolo as well, Rookie of the Year. I got
2: Trey Young as the MVP. And finals prediction, I'm going to go with the Warriors I'm gonna go with the rematch, Warriors over the Celtics. I I do get a, very concerned with the Celtics coaching situation, just because yeah. this guy's never coached before in the league, and that scares me. You know, and intro- did add
3: Malcolm Brogdon to a finals yeah. team,
2: though. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. The, the beauty of this season, there's no prohibitive favorite. And by the way, not that that, that that even matters. Remember a year ago? This is crazy to even think about. A year ago at this time, the prohibitive favorites was were the Lakers and the Nets. They were on a collision course <laughs> to meet up in the finals, and we know how that all played out. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we uh, come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith when we return on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090
1: ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 me espn radio in southern california 98.5 the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network 95.1 and am 760 in hawaii just as a reminder if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in southern california las vegas or hawaii call our hotline 310-400-0340 all right let's go out to the sporting tribune guest hotline right now and join our good friend dave smith the sports guy dave how are you Hey, Ross, what's up? Not much, day. First day of the uh, NBA season, and I think everyone's trying to figure out: Are the Lakers improved? Are they do do they have a chance to make the postseason? Day first night, first game is against the Warriors. Your thoughts on this season?
0: Uh, well definitely it's all about staying healthy with the Lakers uh, if AD stays healthy which will most likely not happen and uh, LeBron at 38 years old he, uh, it seems to be a guy who's pretty durable and doesn't get injured a lot but if the two of them stay healthy I think yes they're a playoff team and I, I like what they did in the offseason the additions of uh, shooter, who's going to be out for a while now I guess and uh, and uh, Kendrick Nunn and, uh, and uh, we'll see about Westbrook he should be a second unit point guard as far as I'm Concerned. So yeah, I, I think if they stay healthy, I think the offseason acquisitions weren't bad. Um, I'd love to see them go small and spread it out a little bit more this year. Maybe go AD at center and and LeBron with three of the point guards. I'd love to see a lineup like that. But absolutely, yes, I think they're a playoff team if, if AD can play. Uh, you know, not miss more than twenty five or thirty games.
3: All right, and Dave, follow up question tonight, the night ring night for the Warriors. What's 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 your prediction? How much the Lakers lose by? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you, you know, um I'm gonna surprise you here. I'm gonna go with the Lakers in an upset here tonight Whoa! because uh Yeah, you know, ring night, teams
3: normally come out flat and don't play well on ring night. So, yeah, I I, I, I think the Lakers are going to steal one tonight in Golden State. Oh, I hope you're right. I would be sleeping like a baby tonight. (laughs) I'd be like, I don't care that there's 81 games to go. This is a win, Dave. Okay, I wanted to ask you about these. I think so, yeah. I wanted to ask you about these Shohei Otani comments, basically saying he had a negative impression of the team. He hated losing games. Do you have the quote? I mean, is there a way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick,
1: if the Lakers pull a victory tonight, Lakers nation is going to be so like over the top. Like, like, We're winning it all. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> championship. Like forget about last year. I mean, like they're going to be like insufferable. So and we'll yeah, see. So, yeah. so
3: it was from, from June Lee, and he wrote an article about this on ESPN, one of their staff writers. Uh, he said, you know, through his translator, I have a rather negative impression of the season. Criticized <laughs> yeah, the Angels no when he returned to Japan. And, I mean, this is this is not something we didn't already know. Obviously, he wants to win. He's the best player in baseball, you know, uh, two-way-wise. Obviously, Mike Trout has an argument, but I think Shohei just does so much where he's kind of taken over that. Crown is the best player in baseball. Crazy that they have the two best players in baseball and can't win. But, you know, he did do the uh, uh, he did the deal, $30 million next year. But what are the chances that he re-signs with the Angels? Because I think they're close to zero at this point, unless they win the World Series next <laughs> year.
0: Uh, you see, that's a good question. I, I would have said uh, close to zero. I think the chances are probably a little bit better now that Arnie Moreno is selling the team. Hopefully that'll get done uh, before his contract is up. Uh, I think if he sells the team and there's new ownership and, and hopefully the entire front office gets cleaned out. And the, the fact that, that, that Arnie didn't fire everybody in that front office years ago is unbelievable. But I, I think the chances of him staying might might be a little bit better, depending, of course, on who buys the team and then what the uh, uh, what the general general mood of the franchise is. Is whoever comes in and owns this Angels team because uh, I, I would say
2: not good, but maybe a little bit better if there's a new owner. Dave, I I want to pivot back to the Lakers really quickly because I could not be more excited for this season, uh, just because of the you know the the up and down nature of the Lakers. We mentioned this in segment one. Brandon said that the the ceiling versus floor of this Laker team is drastic. What do you think the ceiling of the team is, and what do you think the floor of the team is?
0: Uh. I think we're sailing. Again, if they stay healthy, I, I, I like the coaching hire. Uh, I think maybe second round of the playoffs is the ceiling for this team if they stay healthy because the West is so tough and so many good teams and the floor would be another 33 win season maybe if, if if the injuries happen again and if AD misses another 25 or 30 games and God forbid if LeBron gets hurt so yeah i I said the floor
1: is what happened last year and the ceiling is you know a pretty good year in second round of the playoffs Dave I, I wanted to, to uh, talk uh, quickly about my uh, USC Trojans again we were all kind Kind of nervous about this game usc was not favored utah was uh, they won last uh, you know, you know in the last minute two-point conversion um your your thoughts on usc dave i mean the way that the schedule pans out i mean maybe if ucla finds a way to go up to eugene to beat your ducks and then usc beats a top 10 ucla team maybe that they're in the college football playoff but dave i mean when i look at their schedule this was their chance. They, they kind of blew their, their chance to be in the college football playoff.
0: Yeah, they're not going to be in the playoff. I don't think any Pac-12 team can survive a loss. There's too many really good teams out there, and if a one-loss team gets in, it's going to be somebody from the SEC or the Big Ten probably, so I think that's out after that loss. And you know, Finally, a Lincoln-Riley team showed up uh, last weekend against yeah. Utah you know, where they lost 43-42. to that's, that's Riley in a nutshell right there. Great offense and can't stop anybody and don't play any defense, but... I mean, you know, Ross, the thing nobody's talking about here, and you know me, I'm a clock management nut. I talk about it all the time, and it just drives me crazy. Lincoln Riley really, really screwed up at the end of regulation. Oh, yeah. when, when when Utah was down there inside the 10-yard line, there was a minute, I think, in 42 seconds left, yeah. and the clock was running, and USC had a couple of timeouts. I mean, Utah runs the play, doesn't get in. And it was under a minute by the time they ran their next play. They ran two plays where the clock went, you have to call defensive timeouts there. That's You've got to think ahead in anticipation. In case they score, I've got to save time for our offense here. They should have gotten the ball back with about a minute and a half after Utah scored and they were down one. They would have won the game with a field goal. Yeah. How do you sit there on the sidelines and let a minute take off the clock like that? It was, and, of course, neither announcer mentioned it. Nobody in the media mentioned it. Nobody in the studio show mentioned it. It. This clock management no, just drives me nuts, Dave. I'm watching <laughs> that
1: game, and I took to Twitter. Here's how bad it was: they had the ball at the one yard line, a minute and a half left, and USC had all three timeouts, and more so than that, Utah had their timeout. So it wasn't like. It didn't behoove them to let the clock run because Utah had their timeouts, too. So it, it made no sense. USC has not shown you that they can have a goal line stand at the one-yard line. In fact, Dave, I would have let Utah score and get the ball yep. back. Get, put the ball in Caleb Williams' hands. It made no sense. They let the clock run, like, all the way down, and it was terrible. It was. I, I, I don't know how they allowed that to happen.
0: Yeah, That's a good point. If you're not going to call your timeouts, let them score. I'd rather have the ball back with a minute and a half down one than uh, than no time left down one.
3: All right, Dave, I wanted to ask you, what are the chances, and I know Arash kind of asked you this already with your Oregon Ducks, but what are the chances (laughs) that UCLA goes into Eugene and wins that game, and what does that set for a USC-UCLA matchup with the teams possibly winning the next four weeks you know, set the stage, what does it set the stage for?
0: Well, the chances are pretty good of UCLA going up there and winning. UCLA's made a believer out of me with that win over Utah and uh, the the last couple of good wins they had. Uh, Certainly, I think Oregon Oregon is favored, but uh, yeah, uh, my Ducks... They really haven't been tested big time yet after that blowout loss to Georgia in week one. So, yeah, I think UCLA's chances are pretty good going up to Eugene. And if they do win, wow, that makes it, uh, that end of the year matchup will be unbelievable. UCLA might be you know top five by that point if they keep winning and they're undefeated. And uh, USC, of course, uh, with only one loss. That would be a huge game. How, How great would that be if they play in that situation?
1: Yeah. I mean, Dave, uh, okay, so we, we touched on college football here. There was a lot of doom and gloom with the pro football teams here. Uh, the Rams, they are 3 and 3, tied for the division lead with your San Francisco 49ers. The Chargers coming off their win on Monday night are 4 and 2, tied with the Chiefs. So, listen, they're, they're kind of where they want to be or have to be six games into the season. Your thoughts on these two teams? I think they're probably both
0: playoff teams, but I, I don't think either one of them will wind up in the Super Bowl. Especially watching the Chargers last night, their offense is struggling. So, and the Rams as well. And. And, you know, you got to be a little bit lucky to make the Super Bowl last year, which I think the Rams were, uh, taking nothing away from, from winning the Super Bowl and having a great season. But I, I, I think both of them are probably playoff teams. I don't think they will get too far, though, once the postseason starts. But How about Russell Wilson and the Broncos last oh, so year? $240 million. for you know, I, I don't think Russell's forgotten how to play football, and he's been a great quarterback. I think the blame... Lies a lot more with Nathaniel Hackett, that, uh, that incompetent head coach. And, Ross, you know it's a USC guy. With his bloodline, the son of Paul That's Hackett, right. he, never
1: should, he never should have been hired. <laughs> I can't believe a Hackett is a, a head coach in the National Football League. I mean, it was... I look what's uh, happening. Oh, so bad, so bad. Uh, all right, Dave, I mean, can, can we get some predictions? I mean, this is, as, we, as we go into the first game of the NBA season you know, we got the warriors we got the we got the clippers we got the milwaukee bucks the boston celtics i mean for the first time in a while they've no prohibitive favorite who's your pick yeah. to win the whole thing
0: uh, I got to go Warriors again, assuming they stay yeah. healthy. You know, with, uh, with Steph Gray and Draymond, of course, to be in the core of that team. And, well, I love, I love what they're doing there, building for the future as well. Uh, how good is, is Jordan Poole and, and James Wiseman look great uh, in Summer League in the offseason? I've always liked his upside, of course. It's all about staying healthy with him. But you've got a seven foot guy who can run and jump and has good hands and can shoot and play in the perimeter like Wiseman can play. His upside is tremendous. And Poole and Wiseman and Minka and uh and uh Moses Moody. Oh man, he's another good young player. So, I think mixing the young with the veteran players, I love this Warriors team.
3: Yeah, and Dave, I wanted to ask what who who's going to win the uh NBA MVP this season and rookie of the year?
0: <laughs> uh well, uh Jay with Detroit. I think we've talked about it before. I love that pick. I thought he was the best player on the board and I love him for uh, uh for rookie of the year. I got to I think the Pistons are going to be in the play-in tournament this year. I think that's how much improved with Cunningham and, and Ivy and the rest of the and Bogdanovich and the offseason acquisitions. Uh, I like this Pistons upside. I think they make the play-in tournament in the East. Uh, well, MVP, wow! Um, uh, I go Ivy uh, for um, Ivy for rookie of the year and
2: uh, MVP. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Kevin Durant if he stays healthy. Uh, I think with this like net that. team. I'm going to go KD. Dave, I want to ask you about one of the biggest stories right now in the NFL. The New York football teams, the Giants and the Jets. Yeah. Giants 5-1, and one, Jets 4-2. and two. Who would you say is the better New York football team? And are you a believer in one of them, in both of them, or in, in neither of them?
0: Oh... Uh. Even though on that one game back at 4-2 of the 5-1s, I like the Jets. It's the best team in New York. That front four is awesome that they have. That Their pass rush and their front four is about as good as there is in the National Football League. Uh, so, I, I'll go Jets there. Uh, Robert Sala, you know, the former, uh, I think he was a special you know, defensive coordinator with my 49ers. Uh, I, I, I like the job he's doing there. But the, the Brian Dayball with the, uh, the Jets. See, this shows you. This shows you what a difference a good head coaching hire can make. You make a bad head coaching hire, it sets you back five years as a franchise, They're like in like Nathaniel Hackett. Um, so, uh, you make a good coaching hire, it makes all the difference in the world with an NFL franchise.
1: Dave, we buried the lead here, and I think I did that because I totally wanted to forget about my weekend in San Diego. Dave, 111 wins for the Dodgers total collapse. I mean three straight losses, yep. they could not score a, like any runs when it mattered. Uh Dave, I mean so the Dodgers have come out apparently Dave Roberts will be back. No surprise there. He's doing what he's told to do. So you're not going to fire a guy who's essentially doing what he's told to do. Dave, put yep. this into words. I mean you've covered this team for years. You've been a part of the Los Angeles sports landscape for years. I mean total collapse here.
0: Yeah, and you made a good point about Dave Roberts there. He's getting all kinds of criticism. And, of course, he shouldn't have taken what Anderson out after five innings pitching a shutout with a three-to-nothing lead in a game that's close out. if the Dodgers lose. That that was a stupid move, but, but you're right. The Harvard guys upstairs, you know, with the pocket protectors and the acne and the and the glasses with the tape with the tape in the middle, uh, those are the guys taking all the decisions and texting him and making his lineups out for him. So I think they're more to blame than anything else. But we talked about this that they had some bullpen problems uh, going into the postseason. Uh, 111 wins is it's a great accomplishment and it's pretty and it looks good on paper, but it doesn't mean anything once the playoffs start. Everybody starts zero and zero. You get a fresh start. That, that 111 doesn't mean anything when the postseason starts, and I don't know if you guys agree with me about this or not, but I said it at the time, Clayton Kershaw should not have started Game 2. They won the first game. Yeah. They could have really put a stranglehold on the series. They, they would have won the series if they won Game 2. With his track record in the postseason of taking the pipe and his ERA is two points higher, and he's never been a good postseason pitcher, he gives up three runs in his first three innings and a home run, and they lose Game 2. He never should have started that second game
1: no 100 percent. i mean but i but this is like dave and this dodgers team and their affinity towards kershaw thinking like oh listen this postseason dave the only postseason he was very good at was in 2020 because they only played 50, 50, 50, what was that 50 games or 60 games so you know it, it, like yeah. it's not quite the uh, same but dave what does a team like that have to do i mean again they're putting together the best team on paper they're playing well during the course of the regular season What more can they do? I mean, how can they change? This, in my view, is even worse than the Atlanta Braves, Dave, because at least the Braves, the one World Series that they won, was during a 162-game season. The one World Series that the Dodgers won was in that shorted COVID season.
0: Well, thank (laughs) you, definitely they have to get a little bit better in the bullpen. Oh, yeah, in the offseason here, because that that really hurt him. Uh, I'd I'd like to see maybe the guys upstairs butt out and let Dave Roberts manage the game and maybe not make his lighthouse out for him every game and not text him during the game. Uh, Do you think Trevor Bauer will ever pitch another game with the Dodgers? I mean, he was a Cy Young award, but I think that's a big... And he he started game two instead of Kershaw. They might have won that thing in a sweep if that happens. And by the way... I put the curse of Ross Porter on the Dodgers <laughs> about the, about ten years ago when they, I don't know, Ross, you, you know, Ross is one of the greatest guys, Rob one of the Ross. nicest people who ever lived. What they did to him. Firing him after all those years, about two weeks before the season started, so he couldn't get another job, is one of the lowest things that I've ever seen. And I put the curse of Ross on him. And by the way, you know, Ross, uh, the curse doesn't end unless uh, unless there's policies made, or if they, unless they win a World Series. But yeah. I don't count that World Series win because it was only sixty games. That doesn't count. So the curse of Ross remains. Exactly.
1: You know, because of all the championships that were won, you know, with with the Lakers. I could argue, listen, they they, they played 60-plus games of yeah, a regular a It's different. You know, with the a Do- 162 games, there's something to be said for that. So when you play just a fraction of that, when you only play 60 of those games, it's not quite the uh, nope. same. Uh, Dave, let's also now preview the big game on Saturday in Eugene, the Ducks in UCLA. Yeah. UCLA is a top-10 team. I I think they get a wake up call on Saturday in Eugene, your thoughts on this game.
0: Well, I think it's good to come off a bye. That's going to help UCLA. But, yeah, I've got I to go with my Ducks in the close one. I think UCLA will play well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won, but uh, I'm going with my Ducks in the close one. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I think no matter what Oregon does, they're not going to make the college football playoff, especially when they lost 49-3 to yeah, yeah. in opening week. But it can still be a great season, and uh, what, what a Rose Bowl and a, and a one-loss year for my Ducks.
2: So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Ducks at home Saturday over UCLA to give them their first loss of the year. What about your thoughts? on the remainder of the MLB playoffs, Dave? Who do, you, who do you have in the World Series, and who do you have winning it?
0: <laughs> Boy, is that a good question. Uh, I like what the Phillies are doing here. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Yankees. I think they're going to pull out Game 5 tonight after the rain delay and a tough one over the, uh, over the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, uh, they have some holes for the Yankees, but I- I'm, I'm going them. And by the way, you think they're going to get a couple of calls Go their way tonight by, by, by the <laughs> umpires If the Dodgers and the Yankees are both out Wow, what that does to the ratings Nationally as the playoffs progress, especially the World Series If you get two small market teams in there Baseball's in enough trouble anyway That's not good for the network
1: And Dave, your thoughts on this five game series I mean, listen, the Dodgers did not deserve To win that series, but a five game series Versus a seven game series Your thoughts on that
0: Um, uh, I would go best of seven after yeah. the first round. I like the two out of three format in the first round. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that definitely they should go best of seven in round two. Now, whether that would have met the Dodgers one or not, who knows? Probably not. They were playing. But, yeah, I, I would go best of seven in round two.
1: Yeah, because I mean, here's the thing. When you when you go to a best of five, it is such a crapshoot. And so what happens is 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 if the road team finds a way to split – they have home field and they can close it up, and so that's what happened in San Diego. They, you know, they 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 won Game Two, closed it out in uh, San Diego. And real quick, Dave, you're just just us on the Padres. Just a great story for them. If again they finished 22 games behind the Dodgers, they are now back in the championship series for the first time in what 22, 24 years.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I think they're going to beat Philadelphia. I think the Padres are going to make the World Series. Too, too bad they don't have Tatis. Uh, you know, I know it's his own fault he's not there, but the, that would add just more firepower to this lineup with Soto and, and Machado and the rest of the guys they have there. But, uh, but I might pick them to, whip the world, to win the World Series if they had a Tatis going
1: uh, and he was healthy. Yeah, I mean, just a great story. It was a good time to be there. It, in san diego again uh you know the championship series the world series will be right here on the mightier 1090 so uh dave thank you so much we will catch up with you next week that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy this is the Arash
0: Markazi Show on the Mightier Ten Ninety ESPN radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the hard times,
3: worrying faces. Shanse is as we bury brothers close to home. What was a friend now a ghost in